Well, that uh, song sort of puts everything in a little different perspective. (laughs) I'm not just uh, here to give a talk or to be entertaining. We're not here to just listen and sing and be entertained. We're here to hear the very word of God to each of us and to us as a people. Let those words really be the not just words that we pretty words that we sang, but truly form the desire of our heart. Because as we gather this uh, series, these next uh, couple Sundays and uh, last Sunday, what we're, we're really exploring is God's wish list. Really trying to turn on its head and our, our understanding, our relationship with God and put it all in terms of how God desires it to be. You know, that we would love God, truly love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. That not that we would obey God so that we get good stuff or that we satisfy God, but that we are truly in a loving relationship with our Creator and and that that we want to please Him. The... uh, As we talked last week, you know, when we we love somebody, we, we, we get to know what they love. You know, we get to know what, what it is that, that moves them, what, what they cherish. And what we, we want to do is grow so that we, we love what they love. So that there, there's no greater gift than that what we give to another, what they love. And the pleasure it brings to them. And that's what we want our relationship with God to be, our lives to be giving God what God wants so as to please God and in a sense to really, to truly bless the heart of God. Not looking at God like He's a whining three-year-old, get Him a pacifier, get Him what He wants. But seeing God as our Creator, our Heavenly Father, the one that we love, that we're desperate for, so that we can give Him what pleases Him. And it's good for us. Today what we'll look at is, is what, particularly what God hates. You know, and the same is true. Those that we love, we know what they hate, so that we don't give them that. Nobody in my family likes nuts. They don't, they don't like uh, uh, almonds, they don't like walnuts, they don't like pecans. I don't know, they're weird. They don't like it. So when I'm loving, when I'm particularly loving, if I go get ice cream or I go get pastries, I don't get nuts in them. And bring them home and everyone rejoices. When I'm feeling a different way, I get them chock full of nuts so that I can have the whole gallon to myself. (laughs) A little bit of best of both worlds there. But, but what God hates is not just because of some picadillo, not just some preference, not just the way he woke up that morning and not feeling like that. What God hates is what is evil. 
What God hates is what is damaging to His creation, to His beloved. What God hates is is that which causes destruction in our world and community. So, So God's wish list includes what He loves, the very opposite of what He hates. And for us, what we look at here is what God hates. He hates lies. He hates dishonesty. He hates deception. And what he loves is the truth. What he loves is honesty. Passages this morning come from Proverbs and Zechariah. Proverbs chapter 6, starting with verse 16, found on page 513, your pew Bible. And then Zechariah chapter 8, starting with verse 16 and 17, found on page 700. 72. It's here, the very word of the Lord. And as we've been singing and praying, may it truly be our daily bread. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. There are six things that the world hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that hurry to run to evil. A lying witness who testifies falsely. And one who sows discord in a family. Then Zechariah. There are the things that you... These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath. For all these things are things that I hate, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In a simple way, what God is telling us, what His word is telling us, tell the truth. Avoid deception. Do not lead others to believe what isn't true. Don't break your promises. I mean, in in a summary, there's really two words that are used in the, the passages that speak to truth, that speak to acting and living out the truth. And, and one is to say what is true, to, to not deceive. And the other is to keep your promises. No false oaths. To 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 do what you say. It's really, in summary, it's the, the reliability of your word. I mean, and what we'll see is that that is the very nature of God. I mean, the reason that we say we're desperate for God's word is because we know that word is true when no other word may be. That word we believe and trust is real and authentic. And what He says, He will do. So we long for His Word. And so He likewise wants us to be of the same character. I mean, it's throughout the Scriptures, you know, that God doesn't lie. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life in John 14. In John 8, He calls, this, he calls Satan the father of lies. 
In the, in the beginning, the, the Proverbs are filled, as we've read, and others, you know, that those who tell truth don't lie. Those who speak the truth greet us with a kiss, which is a good thing. In H1N1 days, that's not necessarily a good thing. Proverbs, it's a good thing. Jesus said to us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's. Proverb writer tells us. The beginning, both of the nation of Israel and the beginning of the church, had clear, distinct judgment of God on those who didn't tell the truth. In the beginning of Joshua, Achan is one of the people of Israel. And he disobeys the commands, keeps idols from the old land, from Egypt, and takes them into the promised land. And, and there he is discovered lying about having those idols. And then is sent out for his own destruction. In Acts chapter 5, the very beginning of the church, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they, they sell their land. Good thing. They, they bring the, the proceeds from selling their land, bring them to the church. Or so they say. What they say is we brought everything to the church. The problem is they lied. They only brought part of it. And the issue wasn't that they only brought part of the proceeds. The issue was that they lied. And they fell dead at that moment. Now it would be a very lonely place if we all fell dead at every lie that we said. But the point in those passages is at that crucial moment at the beginning of the nation of Israel, the very beginning of the church, God's presence active and manifest in a way that isn't usually the case in their lies. The judgment of God comes upon them. Revelation is, is clear that in that all liars are in the lake of fire, Revelation 21, and in the new heaven and new earth, no lies enter that place. See, that was what God was communicating there. Just how significant truth is. Now we could just end it there. So just go be honest. Now, when we get that done, we'll meet again. We may not meet for a long time. Could just say, all right, now that's it. Be honest. Go journal now. Write down the times that you're tempted to lie throughout the week. But I'm not going to stop there. Sorry for those of you who don't lie that we're rejoicing. Because there are, and maybe some of you are even thinking, well, yeah, that's rather harsh to say no deception. And some of you maybe even thinking, you know, sometimes telling the truth isn't the best thing. If you've ever been with someone and they ask you, you know, do I look fat? You know, you really have to weigh. You know, am I going to tell the truth here or what? Do I even care? Usually when I'm asked those kind of questions, I just close my eyes and say, no. Or do I look good? I usually just close my eyes because I don't want to know. It's just like, it's a trick question. 
But there are actually exceptions to this rule. I'm thankful to Robertson McQuilkin, former president of Columbia Seminary and College in Columbia, South Carolina, for a few, just some clear statements of biblical examples, and maybe even some of you thought about this, biblical examples of exceptions to this pursuit of truth, to this pursuit of honesty. There are some times when, there, or three times that he says, inconsequential social arrangements. Okay, don't worry, we'll unpack that a little bit. War and against crime. Those are times, biblically, that we see God ordaining deception in, as we live out His truth in this world. The inconsequential social arrangements, like games and jokes and tricks. You know, I mean, is it... Is it wrong? Can a Christian be the quarterback of the football team and have a fake pass? Yeah, it's deception, but it's in a game. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 6, when you fast, don't look like it. When you fast, wash your face, wash your hair, look good, put a smile on your face. Don't let anybody know you're fasting because I want you to fast to me only and not so that others will notice. Inconsequential social arrangements that we, we get, we understand that. Certainly in war, there's places of deception. There are places of ambush where, where God ordained and led His people in war to, to ambush others. And, and then deception against criminal behavior. Great example. Heroes of the faith to me. It's in the beginning of the book of Exodus. Shifra and Pua. Anybody know? You guys know Shifra and Pua? You've heard of them. Of them. They're, they're women. They're women. Remember what they did? No. Remember? Anybody remember? Shifra and Pua? Beginning of Exodus? Midwives. They were midwives. And the Egyptian leaders told them, when the Hebrew women give birth, we want you to kill the boys. Let the girls live. And Shifra and Pua lied. Because they didn't obey. And when the Egyptian leaders came to them and said, you know, what's happening? Why aren't you doing what we told you to do? They lied. They said, well, what happens is that the Hebrew women are too strong. They deliver babies too fast. And when we get there, they're already born and we have nothing. We can't do anything about it. And they're affirmed. Heroes of the faith. So there are exceptions Times when it is okay. And I, but I don't want to spend really any more time there, but just to say, yeah, those are some times. Important to note that in each case, these folks were truly pursuing God's glory and honor. But 99% of the time, that's not the reason we lie. I'll be honest, I, I can't think of a single time that I've lied for that reason in my 45 years of life. Maybe there was one when I was three or four that I just don't remember. But why do we lie then? 
Why, why do we practice deception? As I considered this and thought about it for myself, I'm afraid I came up with too many reasons why I lie. One, self-interest. Really, they're all self-interest. They're all about me. Simple ways is a lie in order to save money. I tell them the wrong age for the movie. I, I lie so that I can get either the senior discount or the youth discount. We did let a good friend of mine, Jimmy Ratchford, get away with that. Poor guys. He was in his early 30s, prematurely gray. And the folks at Hardy's gave him the senior discount. And we said, brother, just keep it. Just keep it. You know, it was 1986 in our country that 7 million children under the age of 18 went missing. No sign of them. No birth certificate, no death certificate, no clothing, nothing. No sign that they were ever alive. In 1985, on April 16th or April 15th, they were alive and existing. And listed on tax forms as dependents. In 1986... The government changed the tax form to require not only name and birthday, but also a nine-digit number, the Social Security number. In 1986, seven million children went missing. Maybe this is a good case that they were beamed up to Mars or something. Or they were... The names of children that didn't exist, too old, too young, or even too hairy and on four legs. Amounted to $3 billion that year. We lie because of money. Saves us money or gets us money. We lie because it can enhance or detract from our reputation. It's a natural temptation for folks like politicians and preachers. You know, there's nothing like a good personal story. And the temptation is great over and over again. To take a good story, embellish it a little bit. You know, one of the preacher's axioms, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Hmm. And if you can make it personal, then it adds an extra oomph. We lie in order to avoid sullying our reputation. Because we don't want to tarnish what people think of us. We lie to avoid punishment. You know, we forge a parent's signature or boss's signature just to sort of rush through this difficult time. Have you seen on Facebook the... Tonight Show, um, Universal Studios, free picture book, free picture booth. You know, it's one of those picture booths where you go in with your friends and they take a picture and it spits you out three pictures. Seen that? 
it's on, it's on Facebook, on videos, and what it's from Tonight Show. And what what happens is the there's a, a woman's voice who actually has video into the booth, and so she interacts with the people directly, and it freaks them out, and they are, do crazy things. So a little boy, maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, he he comes in, and. Welcome to the Universal Studios free photo booth. So he sits down, gives a smile, and then gives an obscene gesture to the camera. I'm going to tell your parents. Mom sticks her head in. Your son just gave me the finger. What? Did you? No! To avoid punishment. It's just... In us. It's our gut reaction. We lie to avoid conflict. Or actually that's impossible. We postpone it. We push off the inevitable conversation that's difficult. Or the truth that we just want to avoid. We lie to get what we want. We lie on a resume. I mean, really, what does it matter if I graduated from college 20 years ago? I know I can do the job today and they'll be thankful that they got me. Massive study was done involving 70,000 college and high school students in the United States and found that 70% admitted to cheating. What was most distressing was that it had... The study had been done for 40 years and it had a 10% increase every decade. 70%. Separate poll, almost half of the high schoolers agreed that ultimately a person has to lie or cheat in order to succeed. Most of the time, the reason we lie For money, reputation, punishment, avoiding conflict, just getting what I want. Well, come on. I mean, really, what does it matter? I mean, what's three bucks for a movie? I mean, why does God care so much about that? One, it's just God's nature. It's who He is. We love it when God is true and faithful, when it's the promises of His blessings. We run and we want that, and rightly we should, and rightfully He wants to bestow them on us. But God's goodness, righteousness, and truth is His very character. He wants us to have that same character. More than anything else. If you hear nothing else of any word I ever speak in all of my life, hear this. What God desires according to His word is to develop in me and in you the character of Jesus. Everything that happens to us, He will redeem and use it for that purpose. Everything. That's his wish list, highest on the list. For us to be like him. 
imitation, the greatest form of flattery, the greatest sign of love. What God wants is to develop our character like Him. Have you seen the movie Family Man? Haven't seen it? It's a good one. It's really a good holiday uh, movie. Nicholas Cage, Don Cheadle are in it. Well, there's one, one scene where Don Cheadle, he, he's the guy working behind the counter at the convenience store. And Nicholas Cage, high-flying, um, very wealthy investment banker, you know, just uh, living life large. And he's in there getting his eggnog for the holidays. And a uh, woman comes through buying a 99-cent item. Gives Don Cheadle behind the desk a, a dollar. And Cheadle responds by giving her the change from a $10 bill. Gives her $9 in change. Looks at her. She looks at him. Looks at her. She looks at him. Can I do anything else for you? No. And she's gone. To which Cheadle then turns to Nicholas Cage. Did you see that? Can you believe that? She was willing to sell her character for nine dollars. God is at work to develop our character because it's worth a whole lot more than $9. Jesus tells us those who are faithful in little are then faithful in much. If you're dishonest in little, then you'll be dishonest in much. Luke chapter 16. George Munzig said it very well. If you cheat in practice, you'll cheat in the game. If you cheat in your head, you'll cheat on the test. You'll cheat on the girl. You'll cheat in business. You'll cheat on your mate. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. I'll try to remember to put that one on the blog and the Facebook page. It's even in the little things that God is at work developing and forming our character. God wants to train us away from self-deception and justification that only lead to our harm. He wants to train us away from the ways that we lie to ourselves, that we deceive ourselves. That's why He calls us to truth in all things. Great story from Parker Palmer, who's a theologian and teacher. He's a Quaker. His denomination. And, and the Quakers do some pretty wild things, neat things about community and discernment. And Dr. Palmer had just been offered a job as, as a young man, as a president of a Quaker college. And so what he did was he called together what Quakers call a clearness committee. It's a group of friends and enemies, but who, whether you like them or not, you, you trust their relationship 
with God and their willingness to be honest in the spirit. And you, Dr. Palmer, literally, you sit in the middle and the clearness committee gets around you and they just ask you questions and interact with what you say. There, There are certain rules. You can't give advice. You just ask questions and explore what they're saying. And so they asked him in this clearness committee, well, you know, Parker, what, what do you like about this job? And he went on to list things that he didn't like. Well, I'm not sure that I'm going to like that I don't get a chance to read and study and write. Uh, I'm not going to like all the politics of being a president of a college and certainly glad-handing all the people that maybe will give us money. Um, Parker, we asked you what you liked. I know, I, I'm getting... To that, I'm, I'm working towards that answer. Silence. Quakers do that well. Silence. Just, it's not awkward. Just sat there for a little bit. He said, you know, I think what I like best about this is that I can envision my picture in the paper with the word president underneath it. The people in his clearness committee didn't say a thing. They just sat there. They didn't need to say anything. He recognized through that discipline how he'd been lying to himself, deceiving himself. Committee disbanded. The next day, he took his name out of the hat. Thankful that the truth had indeed led him to life. Because if he'd taken that job, it would have been the worst decision in his adult life, he says. God wants to develop our character. He wants to train us away from self-deception and justification. And he wants simply to keep us out of trouble. And how many times have we told lies, you don't have to answer, it's a rhetorical question, that really got you in trouble. You, you, you lied because you thought it would get you out of trouble. Keep you from trouble. And it just got you into trouble. You know, like the old story of the butcher and the woman that comes in. She needs chicken for the chicken salad, but a lot of people are coming over. So, butcher, how much does the chicken weigh? Well, it weighs five pounds. Oh, I need one a little bigger than that. Takes the chicken. He only has one chicken. Puts it in there, shakes it around a little bit. Oh, here we go, this one. Yeah, it weighs six pounds. It's the same chicken. He doesn't have any more chicken. The woman says, okay, I'll take both. simply wants to keep us out of trouble. And he wants to develop not only our own character, but in us as a community. He wants to develop a strong, true church of Jesus Christ. He wants us to be able to go into a world where we are teaching our children, yes, yeah, just going to take lying and cheating to get by. He wants us to be able to go out there and be true and honest and gracious. So we got to practice. Let Him form our character. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who said it well. As he journaled in the jail cell of the Gestapo troops, as he journaled about the future of our world, the future of the church. One of his journal entries 
given, written just days before the boots of the Gestapo guard came to take him away for his execution. He wondered, what will the church need to make it through this travesty? That's what he said. What the church will need, what our century will need, are not people of genius, not brilliant tacticians or strategists, but simple, straightforward, honest men and women. Simple, straightforward, honest men and women. That's what God is at work developing in us. In each of us individually and in us as a community. A place that seeks truth and honesty in our deepest being. Now what I charge you with this week. I really encourage you this week. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, morning and night. This, you may need to do this one a little bit more. But keep a note, a literal note if you have to, of the times you're tempted to lie and the times you do. I mean, it's a dangerous thing preparing a sermon on lying and living with that for the week and being aware. Whoa, I mean, look. Look at how easy it is to lie and not think a thing about it. So I encourage you that you would have the same joy this week (laughs) and to consider how tempting it is and how are you tempted, why are you tempted to lie and to bring that before the one who is truth. Bring it to him, the one who is merciful. Bring it to Him, the one who wants to use that temptation and use it and redeem it so as to continue to form our very character to be like His.